This is the Youth Worker Collective podcast from Young People's Ministries. You don't have to be in ministry alone with resources, coaching, games, and more at umcyoungpeople.com. Hey, Jeremy. We're live. We are so live. I am pumped. Me too. Except I'm stoked. Is that the same thing? I think so. Yeah, it's pretty close, probably. Yeah. It's probably one of those like east of the Mississippi, west of the Mississippi things. No, no, I find for less sure. people that are stoked the farther east I go, the more pumped yeah. they get. No, I, I think I think you you should all you have to do is just get on Urban Dictionary, you'll be fine. Uh that is not good advice for anybody ever. <laughs> 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 Although every youth minister should absolutely know that Urban Dictionary exists. Um, and not spend too much time searching random things on there. However, uh, welcome to the Youth Worker Recharge. It is, if you're watching us live on Facebook, Monday, May 8th, and uh, Jeremy and I are super excited to uh, talk through our topic for today because we've kind of set it up where we're going to have a a two-week sort of related topic, okay? Um, If you are part of the United Methodist Church or another church that's got like an appointed system, um, mm-hmm. this is about the time of year that you see pastoral changes, right? Like church staff right. is wrapping up the school year. Um, they're going to get through May, maybe part of June. And then if they've gotten a new appointment and need to relocate to a new church, they got to get things started in July with like the end of May and June being this huge transition time, not only for individuals that lead ministries, but also for the churches that they are leaving. So our topic for today is leaving well, like yes. how in the world do you move on in as healthy a way as possible? Then that is like so important um, just because, and, and look, I get it you're going to try to leave well and you might be going to someplace following someone who did not leave well, mm, but, yeah. but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't leave well. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We'll talk about and, starting well next week. And so leaving well, and that desire should be something that's pretty core for people in that process of figuring out where they're going next. And to be honest, like if you do it well, like that, instead of poorly, you get a reputation, right? And and it does really affect how people think of you if you um, just sort of drop the ball and bail or all of the different things. So um, Chris, you know, when we start out, there's a whole bunch of things that you just sort of got to get together, right? Oh, for sure. So, I mean, in your process, right? Like it, it is very important if leaving is your decision, right? Right. (laughs) And that's, that's the tack that we're taking on this one, right? Like we are um, probably going to have to do a whole separate episode about when you have been asked to leave as opposed to fired. That's right. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, so this advice is coming from the place and the assumption that this is your choice to move on to something else. Um, And honestly, a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about getting together would be the same, whether or not you're moving on to another church or you've decided to move into something else, right? Because you and I both know a fair amount of youth ministers who, when they're done with youth ministry, say, okay, I, it's been good. I've really had enough. I need to shift into something else and do something else professionally. So right. um, we are going to cover a whole lot of basics here. Um, 
And the one that I want to start with is when you've gone through your discernment process and you have decided that it's time to, you know, start the process of saying goodbye, you certainly inform um, your representative that's on the staff parish team. Uh, you talk to the senior pastor um, and you probably want to, as you head into those meetings, have some kind of plan for how you would like this stuff to play out, right? <laughs> so I'm going to start off by saying calendaring is a big deal. When you're talking about leaving well, not only do you want to try to calendar your transition out of a staff role or out of a ministry leadership role, uh, you also want to spend just a little bit of time with the calendar for the ministry so that you're finding the right balance between setting the table right? For volunteers or parents to kind of hold things together until the next staff person can come in without mm -hmm. crossing over this threshold, which is I have calendared out the next year. And even though I'm not going to be here to do it, whoever comes in next gets to inherit everything that I've planned because <laughs> that's not a good way to leave. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I like to say, you know, it, it depends on when you're leaving. If you're leaving uh, before the summer, um, summer and youth ministry is this, its own thing, its own animal. So if, if summer is like the next thing, then you definitely need to plan the summer, but you also need to plan the fall quarter, right? Mm -hmm. Um, or actually I think of them as trimesters really like there's, sure. there's summer, there's after summer to December, and then there's December or then there's January to the next summer. And, um, if you are leaving and it's like, you're leaving in August. You just want to plan through, through December. If you're leaving in, you, you, you want like to plan that quarter, like have the the next three months planned out, um, so that that person comes in can can hit the ground running, but isn't like showing up and saying, "Oh, I have to come up with something." Yeah. Um, yeah. But anything unless unless the summer is included, anything more is actually pretty inconvenient for the next the, person. I, I would completely agree. I, th I think that the only exception would be if there are key dates, you know, for like there's a fall retreat or there's a spring retreat and you know the facilities are going to get booked up. Like right. you, you don't need to plan the entire retreat or anything like that, but right. it would be helpful to set up reservations and then know where, you know, how that next person is going to access those reservations and hand stuff off. So any of like the key contacts for places that you've taken retreats or mission trips or standing reservations that you have, informing those organizations that you are transitioning as well and figuring out a, a key point of contact at your church, yep. if that's a trusted volunteer senior pastor, staff representative, something, um, do that as part of your transition out, because that is going to set the table for the next person to come into the youth ministry to continue relationships that you've built with those organizations, retreat centers, et cetera. Right. And then I, I like in, with all of this kind of stuff, I like to give an actual piece of paper. Um, I, I email it to the person if I have, if we know who that person is, but if not, I, I make a piece of paper a, a document that I leave on the desk mm, and okay. it says like, like when presidents like shift between one person, like there's the letter. Exactly like yeah. that. Yes. Where the, in, in that there is, here's what you need to do first, right? You've got these things, right? If there's any sort of deadlines that might be on the horizon, like booking a retreat center, that kind of stuff. I put that in the thing and any like key people, like if you, you need to meet with, 
these four people, these are your key people, meet with them first. Like any kind of information like that is helpful. Um, And then I also, if you have like a donor or somebody that is like really, you know, great and nice and has done and is like your go-to person, if there's like a, if there's a a project that costs more than you, you, and you want to do, right. I, I put that information in there as well. Uh, to try to like set them up uh, for success. And of course, my cell phone number is in there. Um, and, but in this day and age, you also have to deal with passwords, right? Uh, I, well, I'm really glad that you brought up that idea of leaving a letter behind. And yeah, in a bigger sense, right? Yes, those key people are huge. <clears throat> There's also key accounts, right? And right key files, you know? So if you've got medical forms, if you've got background check forms, uh, if you've got, uh, if you've been using your church database, like our crash course and administration recommends you do, um, you want to be able to ensure that the next person coming in has access to all of those forms, all of those records, all of those files. And yeah, in this day and age, if your ministry has got social media accounts um, with a billion different passwords and a bajillion different platforms, make sure that you've got those all collected in one place, right? And and I like the idea of a printed piece of paper. Um, I think one of your suggestions actually had a ton of merit as well, right? Like, trying to create some sort of publicly accessible website or, you know, shared. <laughs> that was a, that was a joke. <laughs> Don't put passwords on a publicly accessible. Yeah, not website. completely public. However, if you do have Dropbox or something like that, right. Yes. You can set up a shared file. Um, Make sure if you do passwords, the, the passwords yeah. are password protected, right? Yeah. You can, like, if you want to do a Google, Google doc or whatever, that's fine. But, you know, all of these things, you can have an extra layer of password protection. You don't want somebody to just be able to like be scanning the web for passwords right. and find your <laughs> treasure trove of all of that. But yeah, uh, collecting passwords is an important part of it. Yeah, per- particularly if you happen to include like the information for the youth checking account or something like that. Like, don't <laughs> right. don't do that. Don't put that in public places. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you are going to wreck you after you leave. You're going to realize. Um, how many of your accounts required some sort of two-factor authentication? authentication. And so you need to be prepared to be driven crazy, right? For about six months. For the next month. Yeah, after you have left, because Mm -hmm. you're going to be getting these requests that, hey, somebody's trying to log into your youth ministry Zoom account from a new computer. And, oh yeah, I forgot to hand that one off. Just be ready for that. Be ready. And as far as files are concerned, I think, Here's it's, it's something that, it, that is important to think about is the computer that you've stored those files on is not necessarily going to be their computer, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I know that you have been asking for a new laptop for the last six years and they haven't given it to you. They're going to hire somebody and they're probably going to buy a brand new laptop. <laughs> so what you need to do is you need to create a, a, a Dropbox, a Google Drive, whatever, that has access through the email that, that the church owns and has access to um, and put all of the important files there. Upload all those files. It's, it's going to take forever. And if you were like a lot of people, there's some on your home computer, there's some on your church computer, there's some that you put in your Google Drive. You know, it's going to take you a minute, but it's worth a day or or two of your time 
um, to really go through all of those files and make sure all of them are uploaded someplace that if they give them a new computer and they wipe your old one, they just, they didn't lose the whole thing. That's a great, great point. Since you mentioned time and how much time that might take, this is the big question, right? Yeah. Um, how much time is the right amount of time to talk about your transition and your leaving with you know the church staff and SPR so they can start their processes, but also so that you can sort of start the goodbye process with families and with youth and do some of that you know grieving and launching and and that kind of stuff. It, it is there a window that you might suggest? I have experienced a transition that was 18 months long and one that gave two weeks notice over a holiday. So in between those, for sure, (laughs) I think that um, if you know that you are going to be leaving, um, I, I think giving your SPR person a heads up two months ahead of time, say yeah. like, I think I'm going to be leaving. I'm almost positive, right? You know, once you're really sure you've got another job, now that's important. Don't tell them that you are going to be leaving without having another job lined up because there are moments where I have been uh, been in churches where somebody said, oh, I'm thinking about leaving. And they're like, oh, good, because we were thinking about letting you go. Uh, you can have... <laughs> You can have two weeks, right, or, or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so don't do that until you are ready. But, but the more time that you can give them, give the SPR, the better. But I think uh, with the church publicly, four weeks is a good amount of time. Um, it's not I am in agreement. protracted. It's also not too short. Four weeks is enough time to throw together some sort of going away party for you. And for all the different people that show up once a month to see you one more time. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I, for me, four weeks is what I feel like is the best. Yeah, I, I think I'm in complete agreement. Um, I think that two months with the SPR to do the behind the scenes stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. that staff parish person or your church probably should do some sort of exit interview. Uh, and right. they may ask you questions about, um, you know, what do you think the next person would need to succeed in this job, right? Like as they start to put mm-hmm. together that job description, you being willing to honestly talk about the challenges, the struggles, the best parts of youth ministry at that mm-hmm. church, it's going to be really helpful for them creating a realistic job description and expectations for the next person that's going to come in. Um, it also, and, oh yeah, go ahead. And anything that has like, that has gone horribly wrong that nobody they, that you're not sure if the church leaders knew mm. about yeah, right great point. if yeah. the pastor was constantly undermining you or if you know whatever it's a time for you to say like hey look it was hard for me and it doesn't need to be hard for the next person the pastor calls me all night long right works in, late into the night on the weekends and gets really mad if i don't answer and that's not okay, right? Yeah. So yeah. those kinds of things can be really helpful for the next person. Yeah, totally agree. And then to your point about four weeks for the public-facing stuff, that gives the church plenty of time to communicate it and prepare for it, right? So yeah. it's in the bulletins or it's in an email, it's in a monthly newsletter, whatever your regular communication is for the church. 
it is going to give people plenty of time to show up if they would like to say goodbye. Um, I also really like the way that you said um, it's enough time for someone to plan a going away something for you. Um, right. Do not plan your own goodbye thing. Okay. Yeah. Like that. It just, just avoid walking into that trap because um, the community that's there for you um, should be able to put together something that is appropriate for the relationship that you and that church have had. Okay. If you start to try to plan your own going away party, it's just not going to leave the right um, flavor on your way out the door um, because right. you're not going to sure. have a, an understanding of the approach that the community would take in it. Um, our last then, day, Oh, sorry, Jeremy, go ahead. One piece too. And this is a, a small thing, but I think it's helpful. And, and I would talk to your church leadership about this. But um, whenever possible, um, put it in terms of next instead of new. So not the new yeah. youth pastor, sure. but the next youth pastor. Because there's a there's a new and old, like better and worse kind of feeling. But mostly the next helps reinforce the like normalcy of changing staff, yeah. right? Yeah. He's the next youth pastor. There will be a next after this next person, right? Sure. Um and, uh, and that's something that I think is really, really important. If I had to say like my one thing that I, I want people to be careful of when they're moving is like, do not act like this is a divorce or like, like the end of the world that, that, oh my gosh, this is like, no, no, people change jobs. Mm -hmm. That's normal. It's, it's every day. Uh, people change jobs. That's a normal part of life. And, and talk about it in those terms. Be like, I had a great time. Um, and it's time for the next chapter for me. And, you know, your your parents have changed jobs. Um, my parents changed jobs growing up. That's that's what's 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 happening. And, and it's hard to have transitions sometimes, but it's completely normal. And you don't need to overblow it. The students will be um it will have plenty of emotions. Mm -hmm. on their own without you whipping them up into a frenzy. Um, and all that does is, is sort of like this weird self-gratification. And then that makes this weird loyalty question when you leave mm -hmm. um, with yeah. the next person. Yeah. Well, and and to that point, you know, in, in the job transitions and ministry transitions that I've had, it's always the youth and the parents that you're closest with that, you think are going to have the hardest time, but honestly, you've got the best relationship with them. And so yeah. it ends up being easier than you might think with those folks, because they understand sure. you'll be yeah. surprised at who it's difficult with, right? Because the news yeah. will hit everybody a little bit differently. Um, and in that transition, th this gets us to our last point for the day um, is about setting expectations for that next right? Mm -hmm. You are no longer the youth minister or the youth director at this local church. And therefore, how can I help to prepare youth and families or staff to not hear back from me as if I was still an employee, right? Like, right. hey, we've got this expectation that if you get an email, you got to respond to it within 24 hours. Um, mm -hmm. You know what? You're, you're not staff anymore. And so if you do reach out, I don't know, how, how do you put some guardrails around the expectation of how much you're going to hear from me after I'm not at this church anymore. Well, I think it's important to talk to your church leadership and find out what their expectations are. Yeah. Some pastors have very specific things. They're like, Oh, I don't want anyone to talk to you for the first month or 
two months or whatever. Because part of it, it's it's not just guarding your time, but it's helping them transition the relationship from you to the next person. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so sometimes there's like, oh, well, these leaders need to have access to you via text message, but nobody else, you, you know, whatever, for a month or whatever. And and where, wherever you land, whatever their expectations are, you can just tell everybody, hey, look, I want to be, I want to help you transition to the next person. And um, so I'm not going to be as like available and responsive on text messages and that kind of stuff. Uh, so I just want you to know, like if I'm not ghosting you, I'm trying to help you get to know the next person. Um, and uh, yeah, and so just making sure that what those expectations are is clear and that you are um, preparing them for that that reality. Because if you just show up, like it can be really painful if you just like leave and never talk to them again, right? (laughs) That's absolutely right. And that has gotten more complicated as time has gone on because Mm -hmm. in the days before social media, right, it, it was almost more natural to not yeah. you know, keep up relationships and connections that way. But listen, if, if you're connected through whatever platform it is, be it, you know, Twitter, right. Facebook, TikTok, you know, any of those things, um, ghosting is the right word to use for it. Right. Because that is right. what it feel like on the receiving end. Um, the one thing I think I'm going to add to this is you definitely cannot control how much people reach out to you or right. how people reach out to you but you do have control over how you respond. Um, And just like you would not want somebody undermining you as you moved into a new ministry position, you have to really watch your responses because if somebody contacts you, right? And says, oh, this new person is just the worst and we miss you so much and I can't believe they're doing this and this and this. You have to be able to reflect, you know, a little bit of that stuff back to them and say, you know, you, you need to talk about with that, that with somebody who is still part of the church, right? Because mm-hmm. I can't do any, anything about that situation. I'm, you know, sad to hear that you're going through it. Um, but here's a direction that you might be able to point that energy because right. just unloading on me and me coming back to say, oh yeah, that sounds just absolutely terrible. And I can't believe they're doing that. All you're doing is giving that person who gave you yeah. the feedback ammunition to undermine the person that's trying to lead in the next direction, you know? For sure. For yeah. sure. And it's not going to do anything except make everybody's life worse. That's right. Right. <laughs> like, even if they've, they're trying to cancel the best thing that you ever did, like, you can't do anything. You're not on staff there. It's just going to create more drama and turmoil and strife. Just, I just let it go. Yeah. And, uh, and let them deal with that there. You can say, uh, you know, one thing that you can say in some of those situations is, look, that church can be really hard to get to know and to get plugged in. It was hard for me. So they could probably use an ally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, but it's so hard. And I can tell you on the other side of that, I have started in places where previous pastors, directors, youth pastors, whatever, uh, were talking bad about me to like leaders <laughs> before I got there and after mm-hmm. I was there. And man, that is so hard. Yeah. You just are spinning your wheels. And, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't help anything. Mm-mm. Right. 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 Just made it tougher on everybody. Um, 
All right. Well, there you go. There's the conversation on leaving well. Uh, next week, we will uh, post kind of the follow-up to this episode where we're going to talk about starting well. You know, one of yes. the first observations was, um, we really hope you know where you're going as you say goodbye. So <laughs> it's super duper important to be able to start well also. And we've got some real specific tips for that too. So Youth ministry leaders and friends out there, thanks for hanging out with us on a recharge today. Uh, our prayers are absolutely with you in this very, very busy season. Um, Jeremy, thanks for this really, really great conversation today. See everybody next time. See ya.